back for another episode of End to End with TV Joe and Flames being recorded on Thursday, May 21st. This week we're bouncing off an idea yet again made by Joe in the closing moments of last week's episode and that is ranking all the past 10 Hart Trophy winners in order. So we put our list together and we're going to decide who is in the top 10 for that. But before we get into that, just a quick belated happy birthday to Flags here on the pod from End to End whose B-Day was Wednesday. So how was that uh, quarantine uh, birthday for you? It was actually good. Um, I know that, like, you're not really supposed to be seeing people, but I did have a few people come and just, like, hang out in the backyard quickly. Not for long, just, like, a couple minutes. Uh, so they wished me a happy birthday, which was good. It was fun. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, like, I just did my normal thing during the day. Played video games. Uh, that was really it. Watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah, there's not much you can so, do. Yeah. No, it was good, though. So thanks. Yeah, you turn the big 21. You're going to have to wait to go to the States now. Yeah. Uh, borders aren't open yet. So that kind of sucks. But Eventually, I want to go see Drew Brees play. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do that. Uh, so yeah, that, the happy birthday, Flager. Belated birthday last Wednesday. And now we'll start to get into one piece of news we have here. So Flager, you can mention it. Yeah, uh, so... Akeem Aliou came out with this this article on Hawk or on um, the Players Tribune. It's called "Hockey Is Not for Everyone," and he talks about his experience in uh, junior hockey and how he got he especially got hazed, like uh, because he was a player of color and looked different from everyone else. And he talked about his experience playing junior hockey and with hazing and everything. And uh, eventually, he goes out to call. He calls out uh, one player, Steve Downey, who uh, especially made his life a living hell, as he said in the article. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I would check it out if I were you. Yeah, I have a like a take on this, but it's not really about Akeem and like his whole player tribune. Like, I see where he's coming from and everything. Like, and I like understand it. It's just like more the public perception of it so like i was on twitter yesterday i think when this came out or like earlier this week and people were like on twitter were like demanding for like nhl players to like address it basically like they were basically saying how nhl players should be saying that this is a bad thing like we all know this is a terrible thing like why do why do you need like to look for someone's like approval that they know that this is a bad thing like and then some players actually did address it. Like I saw Ryan Miller sent out like a like a message saying like this is unacceptable and everything like that. So I just didn't like how like fans or like people on Twitter were just calling out players like having like McDavid or Crosby, who are the two biggest icons in the sport, like have a Twitter message about it. Like, do you really need that. to have their satisfaction for them to like to for you to be at peace with this whole like situation like everyone knows it's a bad thing like why would you need to state the obvious you know what i mean yeah i saw there was one guy i don't know if you guys saw my tweet uh yesterday yeah there I saw was, it. there's this dude his name is i don't actually really know who like what network he's with or whatever but he tweeted his name is Celine Celine nadim valji he went on to tweet um he tweeted out that he reached out to at least six NHLers, including Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid, multiple times, asking to chat about race and being rejected. Uh, and the Pen, he specifically called out the Penguins uh, press and 
or press uh, like the people that manage their press relations, I guess. Uh, and and you said that they they felt that they were getting like he was pushing Crosby to kind of talk about an issue that he didn't even really want to talk about. Um, and anyways, he continued to say that he's asked why NHL players remain silent and not why he has not gotten a response to his uh, question about talking about uh, race and being rejected. And then he continued to say that hockey media seems to have taken a pledge to never criticize Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid. But when it comes to the sports issues with diversity and racism, both have failed in their constant refusal to comment on issues or say anything publicly. And then I went on to like, I quoted his tweet and there were lots of people ripping on him kind of in, uh, in like his replies. But I went on to tweet that if I were in their shoes, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to comment on this issue either because it's kind of sensitive and words can get twisted way too easily. So like you see that all happen all the time in politics, especially. Um, but words can get twisted so easily. Like it, I, it's a sensitive topic really. Like I wouldn't want to be commenting on it because you never know yeah. how your words could get twisted really. Yeah. And who knows yeah. what their experiences are about hazing and everything in the past as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, very sensitive. And yeah, like like you said in your tweet, like words can get twisted so easily and we've seen it countless times. And imagine getting your words twisted about a topic like this. Like, no, you don't want that to happen or you're going to be like hated for the rest of your career, especially McDavid's yeah. young career. I, I wouldn't want to see that. So yeah, it's very even sensitive. like if you relate it back to, have you guys watched The Last Dance at all? Yeah. Yep. There was that episode about Michael Jordan, how he kind of got ripped on by the media for not speaking out about uh, politics. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same situation. Like he did, he just didn't feel that it was his obligation to talk about politics, and like I guess they feel the same way. Like they don't necessarily need to talk about uh, racism in, in hockey. I don't know. I guess there's a a little connection there. It's different, obviously, but yeah, they're athletes. Like they don't get paid to talk about. <laughs> social yeah, exactly. issues you know what i mean or yeah. politics as a whole like they get paid to play their sport very yeah. true yeah that was i i gotta read the whole article because you said it's long play right it's long yeah it's yeah. like a whole essay and you know what i'm actually impressed with his writing to be honest yeah i gotta read that so because it was i'm pretty sure it was him that wrote it himself like it's not like he got uh like it wasn't co-authored i guess yeah, and then you said he uh, said something about Steve Downey. You want to mention that quickly? Uh, well, he goes on to talk about one player specifically when he starts the piece, and he just talks about all of these uh, like different hazing incidents where one player specifically was like the main uh, bully in the situation. Uh, and then he goes on to mention that this kid uh, that, that like made his life a living hell was Steve Downey. He calls him out. And he says that, like, I would I would call him out to his face to this day. Like, you just need to read it. It's an interesting piece, really. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff from Akeem and Lou. I'll have to read it later. Um, I guess that kind of brings us into the main part of the episode where we are ranking the top 10 Hart Trophy winners from the past 10 years. Yes. Um, but do we want to do a quick ad read from our sponsor quickly? Yeah. Missing Sports. Looking to rewatch some classic games, or maybe you're just looking to dive into discussions on the sports you love but don't want to deal with the national pundits? Well, look no further than Sportscaster, where some of our employees at the breakdown are streaming all the time to entertain you during this tough quarantine time. Look to Sportscaster to jog your memory on games 
and highlights that you've always wanted to go back and watch. Use Sportscaster now. All right, so let's dive into uh, the last 10 Hart Trophy winners. Uh, we'll rank them. We're going to go season by season. We're going to yep. start in the 2009-2010 season. We're going to go season by season and talk about where we ranked them on our personal uh, rankings list. Got it. So let's start in 2009-2010. The winner of the Hart Trophy that year was Henrik Sedin. He had 82 games played, so he played an entire full season, had 29 goals, 83 assists for 112 points. That season, the Canucks finished third in their conference. Henrik Sedin led the league in assists and points that season, and he kind of came out of nowhere. Like He never really had a season like that before or after this 2009-2010 campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where do you guys rank him on, on, this, uh, on your list? For me, um, I would rank Henrik Sedin's Hart Trophy season in 2010. He is, for my rankings, 8th out of 10. So I have two seasons below his. And the reason for that is just because, like like you said, like he kind of came out of nowhere. Like He led the league in assists and points that season, which is pretty impressive. And like for a guy that's not really known at all as a goal scorer, he almost put up 30 goals as well. Yeah. So that's something I had to note as well. And like... I mean, 112 points in 82 games look amazing, to be honest. And then, like, the Canucks were a good team. He was, I believe this was his first season as captain. I could be wrong on that. No, I think you're right. And then, so, yeah, so that I just have two seasons below that one, but it was pretty impressive for Hank Sedin. Yeah. For me, I have Henrik Sedin ninth, just one below spot from Joe's. Uh, unreal season, dude. 83 assists, 112 points, plus 35. I mean, you can't get much better than that. I mean, that's the best one in the season. He's obviously deserving of the Hart Trophy. Uh, I have him at number nine for a reason, lower than just the number eight that Joe has, and I'll explain that when that player, who is at eight for me uh, when when he comes up. So I'll say that, uh, my explanation for that. But Henriksen, yeah, well-deserved for that Hart Trophy that year, for sure. Yeah, I also have him at ninth on my list out of ten, like Thomas. I mean, we all have him in a similar spot, really. Uh, I mean, it was it was a very good season for him, but I think that I, I don't know. I just feel like it wasn't as impressive as some as the other ones that are are coming up on on our list. So yep. Anyways, that brings us to 2010-2011, which is Corey Perry. He won the Hart Trophy that year. He played a full season as well, 82 games played. He scored 50 goals, 48 assists, and put up 98 points. The Ducks finished fourth in their conference that year. Uh, he was the first Hart winner since Bobby Clark in the 1975-1976 season to rack up over 100 penalty minutes, which is kind of interesting. I found that out. Uh, and This was another one where he kind of just came out of nowhere and, and just tore the league up that season. Uh, I'll start, I guess, for this one. I have him at, at 10 out of 10. Uh, it it's definitely not the most impressive of the heart winners in the past ten years for me. The Ducks weren't uh, like they were obviously a playoff team, but they uh, they didn't like they weren't top of the pack at all that season. Uh, I mean, Corey Perry obviously like credits to him. He put together an amazing season, ninety eight points in eighty two games is great, but. For mm-hmm. me, this is not. And for me, I'm also going to put him at 10 out of 10 here. And, like, basically what Flagger said, it's not the most impressive one on this list. But, I mean, 
He did score 50 goals, which is pretty good, and over 100 penalty minutes. So he's like the definition of a power forward. And this is basically the peak year of his career. He did not get close to these totals. I mean, he scored 40, I think, one or two other times, but like never 50. And then also, like, like Flager said, he also came out of nowhere. I mean, I think the year after this, he had less than 40 goals. So this was kind of like everything kind of aligned for Perry this year. And then obviously now he's with the Dallas Stars. So he's not with the Ducks anymore, which sucks. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have him ranked 10th as well. Uh, mainly, I don't know. My, like 50 goals is really, really good for Corey Perry. But again, Flager mentioned with Sedin, I think. Uh, players that are above him in this list have had way better seasons and have meant more to their teams. Uh, which is basically the, like the point of that trophy, the Hart Trophy, the MVP of the league. So, I mean, I think more players have done better job than Corey Perry did, but 50 goals is pretty damn impressive. And his shooting percentage was really good that year as well, top of the league. I think it was at 17%, something like that. So, yeah, Corey Perry's number 10 for me as well. All right, so we all agree that he's 10th out of 10. Uh, so now heading to 2011, 2012, that brings us Evgeny Malkin. He played. He didn't play a full season this year. He played 75 games. He scored 50 goals, 59 assists, and put up 109 points, which is very good if you ask me. Uh, the Penguins this year finished fourth in their conference. This is still back when uh, the playoff format was based on conference uh, standings, not divisional and wild card. Uh, so this season he managed to win the heart and lead the league in points without even playing a full season, which I mentioned already. And he was the only player to actually break a hundred points that season. So Thomas, let's start with you for this one. Where do you have Malkin's 2012 campaign on, on your list? Yeah, I have Malkin's campaign at six for me on my list. Uh, when your buddy Sidney Crosby, I believe was out basically majority of the whole season and you are called upon to step up. Yeah, he did his job stepping up. 50 goals, 59 assists, 109 points for plus 18. That's pretty incredible, not even playing a full season. Uh, I believe that was the year he ran the show with James Neal, who also scored 40 goals and 81 points as well. So them two were clicking on a line for sure. Malkin definitely stepped up during this year, and I think he's well-deserved of this Hart Trophy and well-deserved of this number six spot on my list. I also have him at number six on my list. Um, just like Thomas said, like 109 points in 75 games is amazing. And also this year, like he had so many like highlight real goals. Like there's like two I remember specifically where it was versus Colorado at home. And he like one oh, yeah. touched the puck through Landis, got his legs, went right over him and then deked to the front and scored against Varlamov. And then the one versus Tampa was an end-to-end rush, and he undressed, I, I think it was Eric Brewer. Yeah, un- Eric Brewer, the defenseman, yeah. put it through his legs <laughs> and then slid it five-hole on Rollison versus Tampa. And I think that game, I think that was like the sixth or seventh goal the Penguins scored, but like he looked like a, a tank going down the middle <laughs> on that goal. The guy was like a freight train, and I would have got out of his way. He was just yeah. like a man possessed that season. And like Thomas said, Crosby, I think, only played – 27 or 30 games that year so he had to do most of the heavy lifting that season Mm -hmm. yeah so i i also have him in a similar ranking he's uh he actually cracked my my top five i have him five out of ten a lot of people forget that he only played half a season before the 2010 2000 or sorry 2011 2012 season when he won the heart 
He only played 43 games the season before. And the fact that he didn't have Crosby managed to carry the, the yeah. Penguins that season, really, uh, it's really impressive to me. So that's why he's number five for me. And I think that season as well, I want to mention, was kind of when like people realized that Malkin isn't so much in Crosby's shadow. Like I, I think that really opened a lot of hockey fans' eyes, realizing that Malkin is one of the best players in, in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. Agree. Uh, now we shift things to another Russian in the league who has won MVP. This was during the 2012-2013 lockout season where Alexander Ovechkin took home the Hart Memorial Trophy. So, I know, Joe, this is your boy, so I'll let you start off with Alexander Ovechkin and his Hart Memorial run in the lockout year. Go ahead. Take it away. Yeah, he's my boy. So, I actually have him below Malkin at 7 on my rankings in the the. The thing I like about this season from Ovi is that obviously he could have got 55 to 60 goals if they played a full season. But like the the two years prior, he scored 32 in 2010-11 and then 38 in 11-12. So people were kind of questioning like, is this peak over? Like he's not going to score as much anymore. He's only like a 30 goal scorer now, which is still like great. <laughs> And then, like, this year, obviously, he had 32 goals in 48 games, which would have gave him 55. So then everyone kind of, like, restored faith. Okay, this guy's not done at all yet. And then the year after this one, he actually scored 50 again for, I think, another two or three straight seasons. So this was kind of, like, the bounce back that he needed for his career, honestly. And then he's scored, like, three or four 50-goal seasons since this lockout season. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he scored basically just as many goals in this season than he did the two seasons prior, and he played almost double the amount of games too, which is really impressive. On my list, I have him one below Malkin at number. He's at number six, Ovechkin. Uh, so he's above Perry and Sedin for me, but below Malkin, I think. Honestly, I think this easily could have been a top three if he played a full season, like if the NHL actually played a full 82-game season that year. Uh, but, I mean, it's still a dominant performance. It's not – I don't think it should crack the top five or four for me, but that's why I have him at number six. Yeah, and then for myself, I have Ovechkin ranked at number seven as well, just like Joe. Uh, this guy this season was just unbelievable. I mean, the stats really honestly speak for themselves. Alexander Ovechkin – in my opinion, I think he's one of the greatest goal scorers in all time. And then just saying that stat about on pace for 55 goals in that season in a full year, and he put up 32 this year, that just tells you a lot about who Alexander Ovechkin is. He has one of the best shots in the NHL to date, and you know he's going up there in age, but he's still got that big shot and scoring goals and being clutch in some big times. And yeah, the season before, I mean, people doubted him about the goals. They were going down and down and down, and then he did this in the lockout season basically put the same amount of goals as Flager mentioned up in a lockout season that he did in a full season the year prior. So, yeah, Alexander Ovechkin, seven for me. It's not crazy to say that. Uh, so that brings us to 2013-2014 season. And this season, Crosby ended up winning the heart. He played 80 games this season. He had 36 goals and 68 points. And, sorry, um, 36 goals 68 assists for 104 points. The Pittsburgh Penguins were really dominant this year. They finished second in their conference. 
Uh, and then one reason why I think this hard performance was really impressive was because Crosby missed like a, a bunch of games leading up to the 2013-2014 seasons because in seasons prior he was suffering from that was like the time of his career when he was suffering from like countless amount of concussions and other head injuries and he was he was basically coming overcoming all these injuries uh so just do that fact alone i have him a lot higher than you guys i think i have him at number eight actually i guess it's not that much higher than what you guys have i have him uh, or sorry, not eight, <laughs> seven. He's at number seven for me. So lower than Malkin and Ovechkin, but above Perry and Sedin for me. Yeah, and then for myself, Sidney Crosby on my list, uh, he is ranking in at number eight for me. And this is because Sidney Crosby was by far like the unanimous winner of the Hart Memorial Trophy this season. I believe he was 17 or had 19 or 17 more points than the second place guy who was Ryan Getzlaff that year at 87. And Crosby put up 104 points. So that just tells you his dominance for the Pittsburgh Penguins that year. And then years prior, I mean, oh yeah, Flager, you mentioned it with the concussion stuff and all that stuff going on with Crosby. And, you know, he couldn't get past winning rounds. And he still didn't that year, though. But he had a really tremendous season. And I think, you know, Sidney Crosby is one of the best players in the National Hockey League to date. And he showed it this year for sure. And was the unanimous uh, winner of the Hart Memorial Trophy that season, 100%. So... Sidney Crosby ranks 8th on my rankings for me. So for my rankings, I actually have him at 9. So the lowest out of all of us in terms of the ranking. And there's not really a main reason for this. I was just kind of like, like he's had better seasons than this, even though he was unanimously like the, probably the, like the best player during that 13-14 season. But like the rest of the league wasn't as dominant if I could like, give that as a reason like yeah you're saying he was like by far the most dominant and that's why it's not that impressive yeah like too. like how you said Getzloff had sec with 87 points like that's not that impressive you know what i mean like it was kind of like yeah. an obvious selection but i mean he had over 100 points which is awesome but like i feel like like you said like his 51 goal season in 0910 like that's i think more impressive than this 104 when he scored 36 goals you know what i mean yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so that's why I have it, like, a little bit lower. Because, like, I was also looking. Malkin missed uh, 22 games as well that season. So he obviously wasn't going to be 10th out of 10. But, like, he had Malkin for 60-plus games. And then the real deal was still there. Like, they still had, like, their core that stayed mostly healthy other than Malkin. So that's why I have it at 9. Uh, but anyways, this brings us to 2014-2015 season. Uh, the winner was a goalie this year. It was Carey Price. He played 66 games that season. His record was amazing. It was 44-16-6. His goals against average was 1.96. Save percentage was .933. And he had nine shutouts that season, which is... That's just unbelievable. That's probably the best season by a goalie that I've ever... That I could remember, at least. Um so the Habs this season finished second in their conference and and in the league, and they won their division, and a lot of that had to do with Carey Price's performance that season. Uh, he's the first goalie to win the heart since Jose Theodore in 2001-2002 season, which is another Montreal Canadian as well. And I think in this situation, like the stats kind of speak for themselves. 
I'll go first. I'm going to rank him at number two. Uh, I think there's one more player who put up a more impressive season that's coming up. Uh, We'll get to him in a while, but you guys both have them in a different position. And I'm, I'm curious to hear why. And crowning the number one spot for my list, yeah, as you mentioned, Flager, uh, we have him differently ranked as uh, from yours, but Carey Price is one for me. I mean, this season he was just... Uh, there's so many words to describe Carey Price that season, and one of them is dominant. I think dominant comes to mind because all the numbers he's putting up, I mean, just look at the shutouts. Nine shutouts. Uh, he had, I think, three more wins than Brayden Holtby that season, so not by much, but the save percentage and the goals against average was unbelievably better than anyone else in the league. And I believe this was coming off a year he got injured before with Kreider as he fell into them in that game. Right, Fl- uh, right Joe? Yeah. Yeah, so just more of the reason why to pick Carey Price as number one for me. I mean, yes, he does play on the rival team for me, the Montreal Canadiens, but I think you just have to respect what Carey Price did that season. Just an unreal season. Carried the Habs left, right, and center. I believe his backup was Peter Budai, but I mean, Peter Budai didn't have to do much work because Carey Price was carrying much of the load with all those wins and all those games. And yeah, Carey Price is number one for me, for sure, on this list. I forgot about that, actually. I'm not going to lie. All right. So for me, I actually didn't have him at one when I first made this ranking, but then I realized that I know it's 14-15, so it's not like the season prior, but in the year 2014, he also won Olympic gold with Canada in Sochi, and they went to the third round of the playoffs that year, and he got injured by Kreider in the first game with his knee, and then he came back and had easily the best season of his career, one of the best of all time, and like Thomas said, did a clean sweep at the awards, so... I had no other reason than to give him the number one spot. I mean, like, watching him game in and game out, like, you could not score on him. He was dialed in every night. It would make every save look effortless. So this was, like, definitely the peak of his career. Unfortunately, they lost to Tampa in the second round just because their firepower was just too much. And, like, they didn't, Montreal did not have the offense to compete with Tampa that year. So, I mean... Again, the first goalie to win the heart since Jose Theodore. There's only been, I mean, like probably five or six goalies that have won the heart. So I had to put him at number one. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, we between all three of us, we have him at one slash two. I mean, you guys both have him at one. I have him at two. Like I said before, though, there's one season coming up that we're going to talk about that I think was just really impressive. And I think that's that's my number one. Um, I was just looking at goals against average leaders uh, season by season, and I don't really remember. I mean, Jordan Bennington had a goals against average that was under two, but he didn't play a full season. But Price, I think, is he's really the only goalie that I could remember that had a goals against average that's, that's under two, 2.0. That's really impressive. All right, so now what season are we on here? 15, 16, I think. This was Patty Kane's year. He played a full season, 82 games, 46 goals, 60 assists, and 106 points. The Hawks finished third in their division that year and fourth in their conference. I think this would have been the second season after that playoff format switch. Uh, That's why I'm talking about division placing and conference placing now. Uh, So he won the Hart Trophy this year by a landslide, in my opinion. He had 106 points, and no other player managed to even break 90 points that season. So that was a no-brainer for me. I have him at 
Number four, crack my top five. Uh, I, I think it was just really dom- a dominant year for him. Probably one of the best that he's ever had. Uh, yeah, so I, I had to put him at number four. All right. Uh, I'll make Thomas go last on this one because this is his boy now. Yeah. All right. So I also have Kane at four on my rankings. And the reason why he's not top three is because he actually had more points last season than he did in this Hart Trophy season, which means like he's still like a top 10 player in the league. So that's why he's like outside of my top three, just because he actually had a better statistical season. But in this season, he had uh, 46 goals, which was definitely a career high at the time. He, him and Panarin were like an amazing duo during that season because that was Panarin's rookie year, I believe. So they, those guys just on that same line, I think it was with Anisimov, I want to say, just racked up the points uh, this season. And then, yeah, he was the best player. Like Tom, I want Thomas to mention his point streak, but just his overall season was extremely impressive. And back-to-back seasons before this, he only played 60 games because I think he had an injured collarbone or wrist. And then he came back, played 82 games, and then really, really broke out points-wise. Yeah, uh, we all know Patrick Kane's my guy. I'm one of my favorite players growing up, and he sits fourth on my rankings for that 2016, sorry, 2015-2016 campaign. I mean, just an unreal season. Like, we've had countless times of unreal seasons from Patrick Kane, but this was one of them that I think that really uh, set people the, the other way and said, wow, like, we got to watch out for this guy because years prior, he didn't really put up that many points. I mean, it was always in the 60-80 range, but he was always dangerous in the playoffs, but never during the season. And Patrick Kane showed that, you know, I'm here, I'm in the season, I'm going to win the Hart Memorial Trophy. And he did. Uh, he also won the Art Ross that year, scoring over 40 goals. And I think, um, you know, just all that stuff about the allegations and stuff like that before the season heading in was a major distraction for Patrick Kane. But, uh, yeah, it definitely didn't get solved. And he got kicked off the cover of NHL 16, I believe, because it was him and Tave supposed to be on it, carrying the cup. And he got kicked out of that. So there was a lot of distractions heading into the year for Patrick Kane. And he kind of swiped them aside and said, you know what? I'm just here to focus on playing hockey. And he obviously did. Winning the Hart Memorial Trophy here. So uh, Patrick Kane, one of my favorite players. He ranks number four on my list for my rankings. Okay. So we all agree, I think, uh, he's number four. I think we all have. Yeah, we all have enough four. So now we're heading into the 2016-2017 season. This is... One of my favorite seasons uh, in recent history, just because there were so many great Leafs rookies that year um, that were that started their NHL careers. Uh, but the, the hard winner this season was Connor McDavid, who played 82 games, 30 goals, put up 70 assists, and 100 points. The Oilers finished second in their division and fourth in their conference that year. This was only his second season in the NHL, and he was coming off a broken collarbone that affected his rookie season, uh, the season prior to the 2016-2017 season. Uh, He's the youngest, he was the youngest player to win the heart since Sidney Crosby in 2006-2007, and he helped carry the Edmonton Oilers to the postseason for the first time in over a decade at the time, and he even helped them to advance past the first round in that playoff campaign as well. Uh, This one... It's not a top two for me. I'm, I'm putting this one at a number three. I think it was really impressive, the fact that McDavid was able to bounce back from his collarbone injury. I love a good comeback story. So I'm putting him at number three. 
Uh, it's not as good as, as Price's season at all, I don't think. And there's still that one player that, that's coming up that I think is uh, my number one. So uh, that's why I'm putting McDavid at number three. I also have McDavid's second season at number three, his 100-point season. And just like he basically was arrived as soon as he stepped into the league. Like obviously he had that collarbone injury. He only played 45 games, still had 48 points in those games. Um, He was named captain this year at just 19 years old, then put up 100 points, led the Oilers to the playoffs, Actually won a round for them. Him and Drysaddle. This is when Drysaddle really broke out in the playoffs as well. But also, like Flager said, this is the youngest Hart Trophy winner since Crosby. Exactly 10 years before McDavid won it. Which is just ironic. Because both of them won it in their second season in the league. So it's just like passing of the torch kind of. Which, which I find really cool. And then McDavid's even better now than he was when he won this award. Like, he arguably could have won the heart almost every single year, except for one that we'll get to shortly. But from basically this year, he could have won the heart maybe one more, at least one more time, to be honest. But Possibly twice. Yeah, possibly twice. But, like, I think one time for sure could have won it. But he is ranked at number three on my list. Yep, and then bouncing off Joe's number three ranking for Conor McDavid, I am also... Uh, ranking Connor McDavid as number three for that 2017 campaign. 30 goals, 70 assists, 100 points. That's pretty satisfying when you look on that at NHL.com. When you just read that style line, that's pretty incredible. Uh, but this season, dude, uh, Connor McDavid was just at the age he was at and the stuff he was doing. And, you know, he missed a couple, he missed the like basically the almost half a year the year prior and Artemi Panarin taking home that rookie of the year award. I'm sure Connor McDavid, uh, Wanted a better season and wanted a bounce back year for sure. And he got it. I mean, his play on the ice and at the age he was at, just the dominance he was having. And then that was only the start for Connor McDavid. And you look at him now just putting up the numbers. Yes, he hasn't made the playoffs yet uh, since that year. But I think we all want to see Connor McDavid in the playoffs now. And that year was definitely one of those years that Connor McDavid was saying, okay, I'm in the league. I'm here. I'm now. I'm going to show who I am. So, yeah, Connor McDavid ranks number three for me. And, yeah, that was that was my reasoning. Okay, uh, so now we're going to 2017-18. Taylor Hall won the heart this year. He played 76 games, scored 39 goals, put up 54 assists for 93 points. New Jersey finished second in the wildcard spot and eighth in their division that season. He had the fewest points by a heart trophy winner since the year 2000. I don't remember the winner of that year off the top of my head. Um, but that, that's kind of an interesting stat, really. Um, I'm going to go last, I think, for this one because I have them a lot lower than you two do. So. Okay, I'll go first. So this year, obviously, Hall won the 2017-18 Hart Trophy. So he had 76 games played, 39 goals, 54 assists, 93 points. And I have him cracking the top five just at number five. And the main reason why he cracks the top five is that I believe he had, like, something ridiculous like he had 50 or 45 more points in second place on his own team so he essentially dragged the devils to the playoffs and they got embarrassed by tampa in i think five games even though they got embarrassed they would not they had no business even making the playoffs if it wasn't for this explosive season from hall this is his best season of his career so far 
So that's just the main reason. So like basically if he was on any other team, he would have not have won the heart. But since he was on the Devils and the drastic point difference single-handedly got him to the playoffs, like I had to at least have him crack the top five for me. Yeah, similar to Joe's ranking. So I have Taylor Hall at number five for me, exact same as Joe's. And yeah, basically the same reasoning as Joe. I mean, he literally carried the New Jersey Devils into that playoffs. And that was the first time Taylor Hall has ever made the playoffs. So I think he was looking for blood that year. And I think he was really, really, really determined that year to make the playoffs with the Devils. And like Joe said, in that reasoning, you put him on any other team, he may not win that Hart Trophy. But on the New Jersey Devils, he definitely did for sure because that point total was so much different from the second place guy. And yeah, Joe basically said the reasonings from my stand. I think uh, Taylor Hall is my fifth rank for the Hart Memorial Trophy in the last decade for sure. Yeah, okay. So I have him very low compared to you guys. I have him at number eight. Um, he, I mean, I agree that he single-handedly basically led the New Jersey Devils to the playoffs. Like at that, I 100% agree. And I mean, this was still a great season by Taylor Hall, but he didn't nearly have the point totals that, that I, I like in a Hart Trophy winner. I mean, he was in goals. He was ranked ninth that season. Ovechkin led the league with 49 goals. Taylor Hall only had 39. And assists, Hall had like, he was ranked 19th, I think, for assists, which he had 54. The leader in assists that year was Blake Wheeler, 68. Uh, point totals, he wasn't even in the top five for point totals that season. It went McDavid, Giroux, Kucherov, Malkin, and McKinnon. Uh, and then Hall at 93. McDavid led with 108 points that year. Uh, so that's why the point totals for me is why he's not even in my top five. I have, I have him at number eight. So he's above Perry and Sedin for sure. Uh, but then below Kane, Malkin, Ovechkin, and Crosby for me. And McDavid as well. Uh, I forgot about McDavid there. So yeah, the point totals is why he's so low on my list. Uh, so now that brings us to 2018-2019. Nikita Kucherov won this year. With 82 games played, 41 goals scored, 87 assists, and 128 points. The Lightning finished first in their division, conference, and the league that year with uh, a whopping 128 points. That's very impressive. Similar to Kucherov, though, because Kucherov also had 128 points that season. Um, this 128-point season performance is the most points in a single season of all active NHL players. And it's also the highest point total in the NHL since the 95-96 season as well. Uh, who wants to start for this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in for this one first. Sure. Okay, so where do I start with Nikita Kucherov this year? I'll start off by ranking him number two on my list for that 2019 campaign. One under Carey Price, who I put at one. And the reasoning, I'll say the reasoning why I put him number two first. Then I'll talk about Nikita Kucherov as the player in that season. But the reasoning I put him number two is because I think Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, they're surrounded by a lot of good players. I mean, a lot of good talent. And, you know, I think people kind of expected Tampa Bay to be that good. I don't think they expected Nikita Kucherov to be that good, though. But also, Carey Price is a goaltender. And I think goaltenders are, like, they're either able to or not able to carry teams. And I think Carey Price was one of those goaltenders who was able to carry that team. Tampa Bay Lightning also has a lot of firepower on that team, as I just mentioned previous. And Nikita Kucherov had to do with that, but he was the standout of the whole team. So 
The reasoning I put Carey Price over is because he's a goaltender, and I think he had the ability to carry that team uh, even better than Kucherov did because of the people around him. Um, getting into Kucherov, though, that season, dude, oh my god, unbelievable season, man. Like, 87 assists, that's really, really incredible to do that in a league right now. Um, I mean, I know it's a lot more points scoring right now, but 87 assists, that's more point. That's more assists than people had points in the year, for God's sake. I mean, that's pretty incredible stuff from Nikita Kucherov. He's formed into one of my favorite players to watch on a nightly basis, and I remember that season, my brother had him in fantasy, I believe, and like... Getting updates on his phone from the score, it was like every minute. I mean, Nikita Kucherov just was like getting points left, right, and center anytime. Like it was incredible. Just raking up like three-point games. It was honestly so incredible to watch. And I think that Nikita Kucherov has formed in my one of my favorite players now just because of that season. And yeah, he is well deserving of that uh, trophy that year, 100%. So Nikita Kucherov ranks second on my list. For me, he also ranks second because obviously I put Price at one, just like Thomas. So the reason why I have him at second, so I originally had him at first because of just the absurd point totals. But then, like, obviously, like, Tampa stacked. And you could see, like, Stan Close, you had Point, you had Hedman, Vashlevsky, like, all those guys are superstars. But the reason why he's just outside of the number one spot was because like he still had like 30 more points than the second place guy on his team I think Stamkos was second on the team scoring with 98 points in 82 games and he had 30 more points than Stamkos which just shows how like amazing this season was and then of course he had the most points in like 25 years almost in the NHL which is amazing, and then also uh, I went to we, me and Thomas went to see him live in a game versus the Buffalo Sabers in Buffalo. Yeah, I remember that. That was insane. That much, but he finished with like four points. So, I mean, he must be doing something right that season. How does he not stand out, but he gets four points in a game? Like he, he <laughs> I don't get that. He scored one goal. Like it was like a nothing play, and he just wired it. I remember, and then. He got three assists, just like it was nothing. Wow. But he wasn't, like, dominating. It was just like, okay, saw the lane, they scored. That was it. Made one pass, one-timer, whatever, scored. Like, it was just that. It was, like, too yeah. easy for him this year. <laughs> yeah, this season was, like, he really kind of came out of nowhere. Like, if you gave me money to bet on the heart winner that season, I wouldn't have put it on Kucherov at all, I don't think. He kind of came out of nowhere and just absolutely dominated. Uh, I mean, 128 points is like, I don't even know when we're ever going to see that amount of points again in a single season. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have him at number one. I guess I didn't even mention that yet. It's just, for me, it has a lot to do with him coming out of nowhere, I guess. And kind of, like, he really surprised me that season. I was not expecting a season like that at all from him. Uh, I mean, obviously, you mentioned that the Tampa Bay Lightning are, are super stacked and everything, but the fact that, Joe, you mentioned that Kucherov had, like, 30 more points or something than the second points leader on the Tampa Bay Lightning that season shows how, how much of a threat he was for their team. Um, and, I don't know, for me, it, it's a no-brainer that Kucherov's 2019-20, or sorry, 2018-2019 campaign is number one. Carey Price, that was a definitely... Definitely a close second for me. That's for sure. But yeah, that's I have Kucherov at one. I want to recap though quickly. Yeah, since we're done the rankings, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's rank. Let's uh, let's recap it quickly. Okay, uh, so let's go each person do their ranking. 
Okay, I'll start then. Okay. Uh, so at number 10, I have Corey Perry's 2011 win. Number 9, Henrik Seen's 2010 win. Number 8, Taylor Hall's 2018 win. Number 7, Sidney Crosby's 2014 win. Number 6, Alex Ovechkin's 2013 win. Number 5, Malkin's 2012 win. Number 4, Patrick Kane's 2016 campaign. Number 3, McDavid's 2017 season. Um, number 2, Carey Price's 2015 campaign. And then number 1, Nikita Kucherov, 2019. And then for myself and my rankings, number 10, Corey Perry, 2011. Number 9, Henrik Sedin, 2010. Sidney Crosby, number 8, 2014. Number 7, Alex Ovechkin, 2013 campaign. Number 6, Evgeny Malkin, 2012. Number 5, Taylor Hall, 2018. Number 4, Patty Kane, 2016. Number 3, Connor McJesus, 2017. Number 2, Nikita Kucherov, 2019. And number 1 on my list is the goaltender from the Montreal Canadiens, Carey Price, who had a great campaign in the 2015 season. And then my list, like Thomas said, it's almost the exact same. Perry, at number 10, his 2011 campaign. I have Crosby's 2014 campaign at 9. Hank Sedin's 2010 is at 8. Ovi's 2013 is at 7. Malkin's 2012 season is at 6. Hall's 2018 is at 5. Kane's 2016 is at 4. 3 is McDavid's 2017 season. 2 is Nikia Kucherov's 2019 season. And then number 1, Carey Price's 2015 season. All right, yeah, we had similar uh, lists, Joe. It wasn't very hard for us. I mean, good minds think alike, right? So... That uh, ends the Hart Memorial Trophy rankings for us on end to end. The article will be coming out soon. Uh, but first, I want to like before we end the episode and do our last words as we always do. I wanted to pose a question both to you guys: Who would you give the Hart Memorial Trophy to in the 2019-2020 campaign if you had to? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot, but mm. okay, hold on. Let me. I I don't remember all the stats. Yeah, same. I don't. Even I have like honest. three. Or- yeah, I have three or four players in mind, but let me just look at the stats. Um, I probably, I honestly think I would consider giving it to Dreisaitl, I think. I think this is his year. He has, he's leading the league right now in assists. Uh, he's fourth in goals, and I think he's, he's leading the league in points with a 110. His teammate, McDavid, is 97, but I think Dreisaitl really, uh, I think he's, he kind of stepped up, and he kind of stands out the most to me. I think he, he's the most valuable to his team, I think, this season for sure. Okay, I have two players in mind. One is Dreisaitl, just as you mentioned, 110 points this year. and He didn't even play 82 games, so you, we could easily assume he would have got 120 uh, total points. McDavid missed six games, so that's like they played together like 95% of the season, let's say. I also have McKinnon in mind because this guy's been knocking on the door for three years in a row now. He has 93 points, would probably easily crack 100 if they played the rest of the season. And the reason why I might get McKinnon is kind of similar to like the Hall win. Yeah. Landis, Gog, and Ranton each miss at least 15 to 20 games each. So that's just two line mates, both missing action, and the two other best players on the team. And he carried them for that month that both of them were out of action i believe it was december 
So I think he had 30 plus points in like, I think he had like 35 points in like 25 games or something like that during that stretch. And they went on a run too. Yeah, yeah. The Avalanche going on a run when they were without uh, Rantanen and uh, 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 Landeskog. Yeah, Landeskog was also, yeah. Yeah, he's also, I think he sits fifth in points right now with 93. He would have cracked over 100 easily and then... I just feel like he needs to win one soon because he's had three years in a row now where he is amazing to watch. Yeah. Another reason why you could argue McKinnon over Drysaddle is because Drysaddle had McDavid for so much of the season, which is exactly like arguably the best player in the NHL right now. So I mm-hmm. guess yeah, like that's not crazy to think at all, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, that's that's a good pick too. For my end of it, I think I agree with you guys. Uh, Drysaddle. I think McKinnon has to be in the conversation. Maybe David Pasternak's in the conversation. But one guy I think who gets overlooked is Artemi Panarin. Yes, I was just going to say that too. Yeah. Like, I'm not being biased because he's on my fantasy team. But, dude, the amount of points this guy is having on the Rangers in his first ever year with that contract, playing in Madison Square Garden with all the pressure on original six team, like, he's definitely doing a great job. I mean, he's never, ever put up these numbers in the National Hockey this year. He's always been a good player in the league, but he's never put up this monstrous numbers and monstrous year he's been so dominant for my team as well in fantasy but that's not the reason he's the heart he's he is the heart and soul of that new york rangers team with mika zibanejad on his side so i think panarin has to have a nod but dry settle mckinnon for sure as well it's true panarin i think kind of gets like kind of got, got overlooked this season i think like he he low-key had a, a really good season well he's sitting yeah. at 95 points and they haven't played a full season Plus thirty six, I think. He's uh, third in scoring he's right now. Plus minus. Yeah. yeah, third in scoring too. Flager always looking at plus minus, eh? Yeah, exactly. And on the Rangers <laughs> too, which is more impressive. Yeah. All right, that kind of wraps things up from the talking point here. I think we are headed into our last word segment, as we always do on end to end. And for my last words, uh, we're all collabing on an article about this episode. So it was kind of weird uh, making an article, not finishing it out from four to one. But if you listen to this episode, you just found out who was four to one rankings on our list in this article. And then also we may be collabing on an article about the EA Sports NHL games and ranking those from the past 10 years. So that wraps up for me. How about you, Joe? Uh, last words for me, I've... Uh, completed my mini series of ranking MLB like players. So I just did the last one, the starting pitchers, and that was like probably my favorite one to do because the pitchers now are just unbelievable in today's MLB, in my opinion. They're just, I really like all of them. So I think it was just really fun to rank the top five because all five are like phenomenal. So go check that on the breakdownsports.com. Awesome. All right. I think we had a great episode, uh, episode number 31 of End to End in season two. And yeah, just one more quickly thing. I forgot to mention the worst goalies article is out right now. That's a continuation of the best goalies in the NHL. Now I'm doing the worst. So familiar faces in there. If you own a fantasy team, you're going to see some familiar faces. If you had bad goalies this season, some of us had in the season and some of our members of our hockey league have. So go check that out on the breakdown sports as well. That pretty much just wraps everything up from end to end. We will be back. Next Saturday. Join us. Woo!